Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. I'm sure most all of us, as parents or grandparents either, have in attempting to teach your kid or grandkid to learn to swim, have stood them up on the side of the pool, backed away two or three feet, to build that trust to get them to jump. And everything, everything in them wants them to jump, but they see the water and they know it's deeper than they can't touch the bottom. And here's this angst, I mean, this, this tension that's growing, and you, you're backing up. I got you. I'll get you. Come on. Come on. And they're looking around and trying to figure out, can I do this? Can I do this? And the release of that moment where they leave the side and ultimately put their trust in you is, is that, that max moment where you as a parent or grandparent or an adult that's trying to catch them and be responsible for them and build their trust, says, yes, yes. They, they move beyond the, the, their fear and are willing to step into the unknown because of the trust that they've built with me. This story this morning, uh, if you want to turn to, to Genesis chapter 22, is where our text is. The story this morning is about Abraham and Isaac and the all-in trust of Abraham, but the all-in trust of Isaac, too, as a part of this story, had to be in existence. And so uh, let's look at this text, and I want us to glean some things today from from Abraham's all-in all experience. Genesis 22, verse 1 says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up there and and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. When he went over and took the ram and, and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of, the, instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. 
And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Today, four things I want us to glean from, from Abraham's all-in experience with, with the Lord. The first is this, is we can observe he had an all-in response. All-in response, look at verse 3 again. It says, early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey, took with him his servants, two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God told him about. Early in the morning, Abraham got up. Now, his response to God wasn't a question. It wasn't a confirmation. Did I hear you right? It wasn't an analysis. It was simple obedience. He got up and moved. Um, I don't imagine Abraham slept much the night before, do you? I, mean, I wouldn't have, knowing I had to take my son and sacrifice him the next day. Yet his, there's no delay in his response. He gets up early in the morning, sets out uh, for the place God had told him about. Simple obedience. Listen to these words from 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. It says this, But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed better than the fat of rams. To obey is better than sacrifice. Why is that the case? Because sacrifice doesn't require a change of our will, and obedience does. Think about that for a minute. Sacrifice doesn't cause us to change our will, but obedience forces us to change what we want and move toward what God wants. Did Abraham want to obey God in that moment? <laughs> Absolutely not. I wouldn't have either, would you, as a parent? Uh, but he, he does so anyway. Why does he do that? Because he, he had experienced God enough up to that point in his life to be able to trust him beyond what he could see, trust him beyond what uh, the eventual outcome would, would become. His, his, he knew that God's plan was always better than his plan. It is and always has been. And he knew that God makes a way. He makes a way when there's no other way. So he had an all-in response. Secondly, wants to notice that Abraham had an all-in follow-through. He had an all-in follow-through. Look at 4 through 6 again with me. He says there, On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, Stay here with the donkey. While I and the boy go over there, we will worship, and then we will come back to you. On the third day, how much damage can Satan do in our minds with three days existence? How much can he do in three minutes with some of us? Three days, you know you had to be pressing in on every, hey, man, what are you, what are you, where are you going? What do you think you're doing? You missed it. You, you, you misheard God. I mean, sacrificing your own son, you've waited 100 years for a son. You will take him up the mountain and kill him? You had to be wrong about what you heard. He can't. And in the first place, even if he did, what kind of God would ask that of you? What kind of God would want you to take up the son of promise that he gave you and sacrifice it? Um, you know the enemy was at work, but Abraham stayed the course. A three-day journey from there to the top of the mountain. He stayed the course. And, and with every step, uh, I'm sure it was under attack. Men, I want to speak to you specifically as it relates to Abraham. Whether it's work with you, with us, whether it's home, whether it's hobby, whether it's a health situation, does your wife and your kids see you complete the task? Do they see you follow through and complete the task in every situation in life? Isaac observed that. 
and watched how Abraham finished here and, and did what he had set out to do. Uh, it's, this, is, this is, again, Abraham's all-in attitude, uh, getting, moving beyond what was convenient into what God wants. Now, where does a man get that kind of motivation? He gets that motivation from an all-in relationship with God, uh, same as Abraham. Uh, interesting side story that we just read there to, to this story is that Abraham tells his servants uh, when they get to the point, he tells them to stop and he's going to go on up the mountain. You notice he says there in verse uh, 5, we will worship and we will come back to you. Did you get that? Knowing, knowing God is going to provide in that moment. Not just faith, but active faith. Faith that moves, faith that works, faith that breathes, faith that lives, and faith that follows through. Thirdly, Abraham had an all-in response, an all-in follow-through. Thirdly, Abraham had an all-in focus. Look at verses 9 to 11. It says, when they'd reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there, arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. The angel of the Lord called out. Why'd the angel call out twice, you think? I think because he had to get Abraham's attention. Uh, that's not happening in verse 1. God speaks to Abraham, says, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Angel, angel calls out twice in verse 11. I think it's because he knew Abraham had, had a laser focus. That if he let himself, if he let his emotions take over this moment, he wouldn't follow through with it. He had to stay focused on, on the plan of God that he'd given him from, be, from the beginning. And he had a laser focus to, to say, I, I've got to keep my mind and my attention on what, what the task is, what God's called me to here. Because if I get my mind off of that and I start listening to him, into my emotions, uh, there's no way I'm going to follow through with this. He had, um, he, he was in the zone more or less. He had three days to visualize how this was going to go down. And he was locked in in, in that moment. Uh, and it, it, would, uh, it, would, it would never take place, as I said, if he moved from, from reality into emotion, from truth into emotion. Here's another interesting st side story in this, in this, uh, this st story. Most biblical scholars and theologians believe that Isaac was somewhere between 16 and 22 years of age when this took place. Easily a 16, year, 16 to 20 year, 22 year old can overtake a man that's 120. And Isaac could have done that in, in any moment of this story as he was being bound and laid on the altar. What are you doing, Dad? You're nuts. This is crazy. I'm out of here. Or when he saw what was happening and, and there's no sacrifice to it, Abraham gives him this look. <laughs> See, Dad, I'm heading back to camp. Uh, he could have easily overtaken his dad in that moment. Why do you think he follows through? Because of the respect that he had for Abraham's walk. Abraham had, had, had an all-in walk, and Isaac had respect for that. Uh, what, a, what a tremendous side story there. He had an all-in focus, Abraham did. Fourthly, not only an all-in response, an all-in follow-through, an all-in focus, but fourthly, Abraham saw an all-in provision. 
Look at 12 to 14. He saw an all in provision. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld me from me, your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, which in the Hebrew is Yahweh Yirah, God the provider. It was his word there. When we see you and I in the moment provision, we'll never forget it. We'll never forget it. I wonder if God has ever provided for you in that way. Has he ever provided for you in the way that, that in the way that you wanted and in the time that you wanted? We talked about this a little bit last week. Seldom does God provide for us in the way we want and in the time we want. But his provision is always solid. It is always there, and it is always for our good, and usually, most always, for his glory as well. But he is the provider. Uh, it's, it's seldom, as I said, in the way we want and in the time we want, and he does that to teach us that the role we play in God's provision is simple obedience. It isn't negotiation. It isn't confirmation. As I said earlier, it isn't analysis. The role you and I play in our walk with God, and an all-in walk with God, is simple obedience to what God wants, to what he says, to his provision. It isn't reason, it isn't persuasion, it isn't negotiation. It's just simple obedience. What are we to obey? We obey the Spirit of God in correlation with the Word of God. Here is his message to us. We obey this book and allow the Spirit to reinforce that obedience, and we'll see God provide in ways that will blow our mind. Yet, we wonder... Many times, why hasn't God shown up? Why hasn't he followed? I've been praying about this, about this relationship, this job, this, this situation. I've been praying about this for years. And it seems as if God is silent. God is never silent. He is always at work. Even, even if, if we can't see it in the moment, he's always at work around us, through us, and sometimes in spite of us. In the lives of other folks, John mentioned the other day, uh, or, or earlier today, about, about uh, uh, Bob's influence on so many people and the ripple effect that has generationally from Bob to me and me to you, from Bob to others and others to others. Um, that, that kind of thing is, is the thing that God calls us to be obedient to as, as he speaks truth to us from his word and from his spirit. Well, this event no doubt changed Abraham and Isaac forever. It changed their, their, their view of each other forever. It changed their view of God forever, how God provided. Uh, it's, it's obvious that they learned at least a couple of things from this lesson I would have, and probably dozens, dozens more, but one of the things we see from, from the scripture that they learned was the power of the influence of an all-in obedient life. That kind of all-in obedient life spoke to Abraham and reinforced his faith. He walked down that mountain with a greater sense of confidence in his faith, I'm, I'm sure, than he'd ever known before. And Isaac walked down the mountain with a greater sense of confidence in his dad's God than he had ever had before. And we see that, uh, you know, put yourself in Abraham's situation. God tells him to sacrifice his only son. 
He had told him a few years earlier, I'm going to build a nation out of here. Your offspring is going to be innumerable like the sands of the seashore. And here's Abraham walking up a mountain to sacrifice the only means to that happening. God, what are you doing? What are you... And as he's faithful to do, God provided a way. He'll do that with you and I. They learned the power of an influence of an all-in obedient life. And that, that can sometimes look pretty radical. This is a radical story here for sure. It can look pretty radical. Second thing they learned, though, is probably more important, and that is their father always comes through. Their father always comes through. Abraham's father came through, and Isaac's father came through in those moments. When we have an all-in walk, we'll see an all-in God that will come through for us in every situation. Well, let me speak to you husbands and fathers here for just a moment. As a spiritual leader in your home, I wonder what you're modeling for your family. Is that intentional? Is it, is, it, uh, uh, is it hard? Is it difficult? If it is, I would probably submit to you that, and some of you, some of you guys may have, have the same story here today. You know, I didn't see my dad in that role in the home that I grew up in. Or you may say, my dad sent us to church, but he didn't take us to church. Or I know my dad loved God, but he never really communicated that to us. Well, can I encourage you to do something, men, here, if that is part of your story? Let the generational complacency stop with you. Let the generational complacency that says, you know, we'll just do the best I can with what I've seen, what's been sown into me. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm the byproduct of my own father, I'll just take that as on the surface as a way, the way I'm supposed to do life. And if you see something different in Scripture and we, and we become convicted by it, uh, an all-in walk says and, and absorbs and, and, and welcomes God's call me to be the spiritual leader in my home. And as such, it's my responsibility to set the pace. I, I'm the rudder of the ship uh, in my home. And if I see that responsibility and I'm responding to it, God's going to bless that. It's hard, to, it's hard to unlearn what we've seen if we've seen a model, a model that, is, that doesn't look like this. If we've seen a model that's non-existent in your dad, well-meaning and probably loved Jesus, but just wasn't very invested spiritually in your life or in the life of your family, the life of your home. It's hard to unlearn some of those kinds of things, but it can be done. I first have to see a, a model that's worth following from the Scripture and, and put myself through the paces of stepping into, into that kind of obedient all-in life. How do I do that? How do I let, let the gener generation of complacency stop at me? I resolve daily to become an all-in follower. I resolve daily. And it, it is a daily deal. And I'm going to tell you, the enemy's coming after you tomorrow morning. If you make a decision today, I'm going to break the generational complacency that, that I've seen in my life. And I'm, I'm, today's going to be a marker for me. I, I'm going to draw a line in the sand here today. That the, the future's going to be different. You know who's coming after you in the morning? The enemy's coming after you in the morning. You, you know who's coming after you on Tuesday? The enemy's coming after you on Tuesday. You know who's going to show up on Wednesday? The enemy's going to come after you on Wednesday. It's a daily resolve. It's a daily commitment. It's a, it's a daily... It, it occurs one decision at a time, one conversation at a time, one situation at a time. Yet if we resolve, men, to be those kinds of leaders in our home, 
these kinds of stories can be ours too. Let's pray. Father, would you help us see that in all in obedience you respond to in miraculous ways. When we're willing to step for three days, three years, thirty years in obedience to get from the bottom of the mountain to the top You're going to show up when we get there every time. Every time. And there's all kinds of reasons not, not to even take the journey. And there's all kinds of reasons on the journey to stop and turn around and come back home. But the journey to the top of the mountain has, has a reward with it. And that reward can ripple for generations. In fact, it's rippled from that day to this day in 2023 as we sit here and read it today. We're stirred by it, moved by it. Most of us wonder if we could walk that road ourselves. But the trip up the mountain is worth it. It requires of us something that's unusual. Something that, as I said a moment ago, is probably seemingly radical. But it's worth it. It's worth it in the life of our children, our grandchildren, and their grandchildren. Because this legacy of faith has to start with someone saying, regardless of the cost, I'm all in. I'm tired of living a Christianity of convenience. I'm tired of a walk where I only seek my own comfort. I realize that an all-in faith is going to look a little strange in this culture. But that's where I'm willing to walk. And all in, all in God responds to me on the other end of that walk. What a story. Let these stories become ours as our faith grows and increases. And we as men stop the generational complacency that says, that's the best I can do. That's all I know. It's not the best we can do. And it's not all we know. There's more we got to pursue it to find it. Give us the courage today to move beyond mediocrity and into the, into the miraculous place because we lead and live and desire and hunger for an all-in life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Thanks again for listening to today's message from Crosspoint Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.